0: Hello,
1: I'm Tiffany Parks, and this is A Bittersweet Moment with Katie Sewell.
2: Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell, and this is your midweek bittersweet moment. Now, on Monday, we talked about trying new things. And as a freelance artist in radio and in writing, I often have to try new things just to make a living. And recently, I had a very new experience— an experience like no other. It started with an opportunity, an open call to pitch a new podcast idea and possibly win a $10,000 pilot production contract. Here was the catch. First, the idea had to rise to the top of all the other entries and become one of the final three. And second, if you were chosen as one of the final three, you had to pitch your show idea in front of a live audience and a panel of judges at a podcasting conference in Richmond, Virginia. They were calling it a pitch party. It was also described as Shark Tank for podcast makers. The letter came while I was away from home. It was a couple hours before I was to officiate a wedding for the very first time. That in itself was a thrilling and nerve-wracking experience. And I was checking my email to pass the time until we were to gather for the ceremony. The letter almost read, at first, like a rejection letter, which I have received many of, believe me, so many. Let me read you a little bit of it. Dear Katie, Thank you for submitting your idea for consideration in the 2022 Resonate Podcast Festival Pitch Party. Now, that line is exactly how all the rejection letters start. Thank you so much for submitting your written piece of blah, blah, blah. Unfortunately, no. (laughs) It goes on. We are pleased to let you know that your submission, The X Files, spelled E-X, The E-X Files, has been selected as a finalist. Congratulations. Congratulations. Your selection as a finalist means you will be provided with a complimentary ticket to the festival, taking place in Richmond, Virginia, on October 14th and 15th. Blah, 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 more details about that. Please respond to this email to either confirm or decline your participation no later than 5 p.m. Eastern this Friday. If we have not received a response by this time, we will assume you are you are unable to attend and will reach out to one of our alternates. Thank you again, and we look forward to hearing from you soon. I wasn't sure what to do. It was going to be expensive to fly from Washington State to Richmond, Virginia. And I thought if I was going to go that far, it would be fun to stay with my dear friend, Christy, who happens to live in Richmond, but I had absolutely no idea if she'd be in town or have the time or even the room, to put me up. So I didn't know any of the details. And of course, I was about to do a wedding, and then travel home from that wedding. There was absolutely no time to sit online and try to find tickets or housing or anything. Luckily, Derek was there, and he had some advice. Just say yes, he said. You can explore the details over the weekend. And if you can't go, you can tell them on Monday. And so I did. And in the end, after much research, and of course, Christy saying, yes, of course, you could stay with me, I went to Richmond. So to prepare for this experience, I had to create a trailer for the show that I was proposing. And I had to come up with a speech that was less than 10 minutes long. So let's fast forward to the day of the pitch. I was far more nervous than I expected. And I think when I let you listen in, you'll hear it a little bit in my voice. Since I was staying at her house, my friend Christy helped me decide which of two dresses I packed to wear. One was quite conservative, and one was very sparkly. We decided to go with the sparkly. It was a a pitch party, after all. A very, very high stakes party. I went to the venue and I met the two wonderful people who I was competing against, our podcast ideas going head to head against each other. We sat and chatted. We were all nervous. We were all ready to get on with it. And even more so get it over with, I think. And it turns out in the lineup that I was pitching my show last. At first, I thought that was really great. (laughs) Really great. But in the end, I think it only amplified the nerves that I was feeling. All that waiting. The audience filled in, and our host, Chioki, introduced everything.
3: All right, allow me to explain what this whole pitch party thing is. Earlier this summer, we put out a national call for podcasters to pitch their ideas to VPM. And we got a good 60-something applicants none of the ideas or pitches were the same. They were all different, they were all imaginative, they were all interesting. And we got together in a meeting and agonized, and I do mean agonized, over who our top three finalists uh, should be. But alas, we got a list and they are here with us today. We're gonna bring in three judges, some of whom you've already met, and we will listen to the pitches and the questions and we will wait to see who will win a $10,000 podcast pilot contract. This is what's going to happen at today's pitch party. I'm uh doing my level best to not just become like a Bob Barker type character. <laughs> I'm gonna keep it chill. Actually, the, the whole goal is to, is to keep this uh, chill because this, regardless of what the competition is, you're gonna hear about three pretty cool like show ideas, like three, three cool producers who have been thinking about something and who have uh, the, the drive to lay it out and submit it and the passion to come here and present it to you. And so I'm, I'm very, very excited to hear from these cats. But we can't do this without our uh, judges. We bring you a producer of uh, the one of my favorite shows, The Secret Adventures of Black People, which you should be listening to. Nicole Hill. We also have with us the VP for Creative Partnerships at HeadGum, Dane Cardio. And also, a guy that you may have uh, also met yesterday, someone who does a podcast called "Leaving the Theater," uh, CEO of Oh It's Big Ron Studios, Ronald Young Jr.
2: Both of my competitors made their pitches, and then it was my turn. I felt ready. I felt prepared but my heart was also pounding and my feet felt numb, so part of me was hoping I could just stand (laughs) on the stage. But still, when I was finally invited to the stage, I was very happy to get on with it. So here we go. Here is the pitch exactly as it went.
3: All right, y'all. Let's welcome Katie Sewell.
2: Hi, I'm Katie Sewell. The podcast is called The X-Files, The EX-Files. I've always been interested in X's and I've always stayed friends with mine. And I think that's because I'm curious. I want to know the real story, not just my own perspective, but what the relationship was like from their point of view. And this desire to know began very, very early. Uh, The first big breakup, the high school sweetheart our relationship ended as badly as you can possibly imagine. Uh, We broke up, we got back together, we broke up again, we yelled, we cried, we left angry letters. It was the entire uh, teenage drama. And we could have left it there. I could have walked away very angry with him, and he could have done the same. And we could have never spoken again. Instead, a couple years went by, and we started talking about our relationship as friends and we uncovered so many memories, and even more interesting, so many misunderstandings. Hearing his, hearing his version of our relationship actually made me feel like I understood my own life better, like I had learned the fuller story. And that's what the X-Files podcast is all about. It's a very simple concept, actually. You interview two people separately about the same thing, Uh, Two people who were once in a relationship and aren't anymore. Now, those people could be romantic exes, but they could also be former roommates, childhood best friends, business partners, bandmates, whatever the case is, they were in a relationship, they're not anymore. Or at the very least, the relationship has profoundly changed. And then after I interview both of those people, I take their individual interviews about the same thing and I edit them together. And so you can hear where their stories line up and where they don't. Now, I want to play you an example because it's easier to understand if you hear. Uh, I want int- to introduce you to Yvette and Warren. Uh, they're very different people. She is very outgoing, and he is quite shy. Uh, even still, once they had decided to get married, they were both all in. This was going to be the relationship that lasted for the rest of their lives. As it turned out, uh, they lasted for 10 years, and they ended up with two sons. So this is them talking about their story, their shared story, individually, put together, and Yvette is going to kick us off.
1: You don't have a child out of wedlock. You have a child when you're married. Like, that's what married people do. That's what marriage is for, right? And I was like, yes, that's what marriage is for. You have babies. And I always wanted to be a mom.
0: I thought it was a good match. She wanted to be married more than I did because that was the vibe I was getting and I was having second thoughts.
1: He was always up for it. He was always like, yes, yes, yes. He always showed up. He was always on time. He always followed through. And I was like, okay, that's baby-making material. (laughs)
0: <laughs> no, 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 the, having kids was not motivation, um, it, it, was, it was, I think it was after we got married that, that I thought about
1: it. He was the right height, he was handsome, He's Chinese, and I was like, oh my god, our kids are going to be freaking amazing looking, like, what are they going to look like? So we ended up having curly hair, half Chinese, quarter white, quarter black kids, like, that was the goal. I was like, let's mix it up, let's go. So I got pregnant right away.
0: Our first kid, Karada, was born. It was nine months after her honeymoon.
1: He was two pounds when he was born, and he was only 11 inches long. Can you imagine? He was shorter than a ruler.
0: He was so tiny. It was an emergency C-section. I was with her, and then the oxygen levels came down, and her heartbeat went up. The doctors ran into the room and said, Sir, you got to leave. I was scared. A big chance that both Yvette and Kuala was going to not make it.
1: And literally, like, they were delivering him via cesarean section. And there was something weird and biological that occurred where I was like, I need another baby while they're pulling the baby out. And he looked at me and was like, can we talk about this a little later? And I was like, no. It was, like, not at all rational. It was just like, nope, I need another baby. Like, let's do it. And I wanted to get pregnant right away. And he was like, no. So I had to wait for four years.
0: Um, well, with Corrado, he was such a good baby. He, I said, oh, we can, we can have another one. I wanted a second child with Yvette more than she did. With Karada being born early, she was afraid, I think. I really
1: wanted another child. I can't have just one, like I needed one more, and he was like, no, it's not going to happen. So I snuck the second one in.
0: We weren't planning on having a second child, but, but we did. I was really, really happy. Yvette, I, I think, thinking back, she wasn't as enthusiastic as I was that she was pregnant again.
1: I stopped taking birth control and I didn't <laughs> I mean, that's an awful thing, but yeah. And when I considered leaving him, I was like, you don't get divorced. You see it through. You have kids. You don't let like, the worst thing you can do to children is get divorced. You stay in it. So I did, I stayed in it. until so, there was a knock at the door and I opened the door and there was this gentleman who was like, are you Yvette Moy? And I was like, yes, I am. And he's like, throw some papers at me. He's like, you've been served.
2: Okay, <laughs> that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of beautiful and also sort of terrifying, isn't it? But how di- differently we can recall details like that, even when I would consider a major detail like who wanted the second bait or the f- baby, you know, in the first place. And that's what I kind of aim to do with the X Files. I think that. um, for me, learning that your perception is not the final truth is, is really interesting, and that two people who are in the same relationship can experience it and recall it in completely different ways. Uh, I think that we can all benefit from understanding that there isn't one truth, and it's unsettling maybe, uh, but it's also enlightening, I think. So what did happen to Yvette and Warren? How did two people who were going all in, were never gonna get a divorce, how did they end up bailing in? What in the world were those papers about? Well, to find out, you'll have to join me <laughs> in investigating the X-Files. Um,
4: uh, that was incredible. Um... I you know, especially like how we didn't get your voice in that, and we were all hooked into the story, so really well done on the editing of that. Um, I guess just like a, a basic question on like format frequency, I think that's really interesting to know how you'd like these to be released, and then behind the scenes, what do you think the ratio of like pairs or dyads that you'll interview and those that'll actually make? an episode Um, and if you've thought about what happens if maybe it's not interesting enough.
2: Right, yeah, I mean, I think this is an interesting show from a logistical standpoint is getting both sides of a couple to talk to you is not the easiest thing in the world, Um, particularly like I've done some experiments with it in the past and and sometimes I'll get the, like one person's all in and the other person will be like, you know, no thanks. But I do think that it's one of those shows that as it builds on itself, it's gonna be easier and easier to produce because I think that people will start volunteering uh, to be a part of it because it is really interesting. Like when I was uh, interviewing Yvette, who has not heard this clip yet, by the way, she, you know, a lot of the issues that obviously we couldn't get into in this clip, I would say, well, why why do you think that happened? And she'll say, I I have no idea. Like that's why I'm so interested to hear what he, he has to say and I think for him, it was the same way. It was sort of like wanting to, un- both of them had an, I, an interest in understanding what the other person was thinking. Um, so your question, how frequency and what to do if you have to bail. I mean, I, I, I usually feel like you can make something interesting out of almost anything, to be honest. I come from a public radio background and I was working in daily radio, so we, we didn't get a lot of darlings. We had to like go and go fast. Um, But that said, I mean, if it really tanked, I think I would first try interviewing them again, you know, and like pushing them a little bit more. Um, I think if if I was gonna make this into a full pilot, I would interview both of them again and I would definitely push it more and more. I also think that there's an an interesting thing you could do with people is if you get an interesting enough contrast like that, you could play it for them and have them react as a part of the episode to it. And then, like, I feel like I'm not answering your question. Uh, Frequency, I mean, if you got them stacked up enough, you could do it every week, uh, or you could do it in seasons. Like, either way, I'm happy with both formats, honestly.
3: Thank you. That was a great clip. It was very delicious, very juicy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm curious about... I know that we didn't hear your voice in this clip. I think you did an amazing job of like set up an, an outro. So I'm curious on an episode though, how would you bring people in and then how would you take them out? Is it meant to be very reflective or have some larger meaning? Or is it supposed to be just like, no, this is just a good time. Like I'm just curious what, what you're thinking about that now.
2: I generally tend to not like to do radio where I tell people what to take away from it. Um, So I'm not, I wouldn't do a sum up of any kind, I don't think. I'd sort of let you feel whatever you feel from it and take from it whatever you will. But I do think that you would, I don't see this as anything like scripted where I'm writing illustrative copy around them unless I need to somehow shorthand something to get you into a different place i i do think you need to be familiar enough with me so that if i have to include a question in how i'm talking to them you know who i am you know so it's not like who's that voice that just interrupted warren you know but i don't see uh, i don't see me as being a huge overarching presence to it that said you know i've joked around and i i don't know i need to do a test about it i've joked around with actually opening each episode with one my ex-boyfriend from high school, Uh, and that we would just sort of joke around for one to two minutes about whatever theme was coming with the people to come. Um, But I don't know that that's actually a reality. You'd have to try it and see if it sounded right or not.
3: Do you have any thoughts about, uh, or are you thinking about working with an editor to kind of help you with the arc and the the structure of the interviews because I think you did a great job in the clip that I heard. But I think one of the tricky parts could be making sure that the conversations are actually talking to each other rather than just them kind the clips just going back and forth and that's gonna take some Mm -hmm. some definitely some thinking through even the pre interview and the interview process.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean I, I don't it wouldn't be this quick, like the rap the rapid changes that you're seeing uh, in an episode, it would not be that back to um, back because that would be frenetic. Like I see them as building where their relationship began, and then sort of taking us on the, the full the full ride. But yes, I do have uh, lots of different editor friends at NPR, many of whom I hope I could entice to you know join me or you know, in this venture. But I'm certainly open to working with an editor. editor yes.
4: Um the first three episodes if you were to launch the first three episodes, what um what subject matter or what um subjects do you imagine would be necessary to to capture the most audience in that first launch window?
2: Uh well I think most people are the most intrigued about the romantic relationships that I've talked to about it. So I think with at least two of the three would be romantic of some kind, but they might be you know younger, older, you know you know one might have kids, one might have no kids involved I don't know there would be some contrast so they didn't seem the same um, I mean you asked the question earlier about breaking format <laughs> when I was first experimenting with this show years and years ago, I interviewed an author who told the story of being you know cheated on by his partner and then slowly over the course of the story you realize that what it is is his dog is now hanging out with the next door neighbor and like when he comes home she's like hiding behind the bushes (laughs) like you know she doesn't want to have to come home and so we joked about making that be a funny like uh, one-off where you know it's the dog that's dumping him and he's you know trying to entice her back home again and she just you know she keeps spending nights away (laughs) I don't know, I mean, I would be looking for the the three best stories, and of course taking the advice of, you know, like if you picked it up, I'd be like, who do you want to hear from most? Let's find it. Let's find those people.
3: Oh, yeah, that was my question. Um, How have you sourced in the past, even just when you were experimenting and trying to figure out what you wanted to do, how did you find people?
2: It was actually a mix of me just kind of mentioning it to friends and polling them. and seeing if they were interested. But also, um, like, I'm an old public radio personality, so even some <laughs> listeners that I had for years, I was, if I knew that they had been in an interesting breakup, I would sometimes ask them if they would ever be willing to do this, <laughs> you yeah. know? And some of them would because they're just like, well, I'd like to sit down and talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, again, it's, it's tricky, so you have to cast the net wide and then, Hopefully, if it got super popular, like everyone in this room would be like, "I've got a great ex." Like, let's talk it out.
3: Do you do you ever see getting like high-profile folks like Kim Kardashian and Pete, Pete Davidson or anything like that, where it's like stuff where we don't know? And if you could get them both to participate, do you see yourself like going for folks like that?
2: Sure. I mean, I, I was I used to joke that it would have to be David Duchovny and his ex-wife. Yeah. Because of the title. Um, I mean, I'd be open to it. I I don't, I I have no problem talking to celebrities. I, I, and if you feel like, if, I don't know, if they started volunteering themselves, maybe, but I'm not aiming to turn it into like a celebrity show, I would say.
3: Thank you very much. All right, Uh, we have to ask our judges so now uh, head on back to deliberate. We got we to get some deliberation going. Um, so I'll, I'll grab the, yeah, take, leave the mic there. Uh, and I'll come and see y'all in just a, just a little bit.
2: So that was the pitch. After that, the judges left the room. And Chioki gave out raffle prizes to pass the time. And finally, the judges returned with a piece of paper. It was a list of the second runner-up, the first runner-up, and, of course, the winner. So let's take a listen.
3: Because now I get to read from a sheet of paper (laughs) (laughs) announcing the winner of the first-ever VPN pitch party. All right. Our first runner-up will receive... A Focusrite Vocaster 2 studio, and a one year license to the Hindenburg Audio Production Software. Okay. That's the second runner up. I'm about to, yeah, well,
2: yeah, it's the whole.
3: We had a whole thing about this. <laughs> you announced the runner up, and then you announced the, okay. Yes. Our second runner up. <laughs> Jahi Whitehead leaving Legacy. Like <laughs> And now we announce the winner, the winner of the VPM Pitch Party, a $10,000 podcast pilot contract, Katie of the X-Files. And of course, our next runner up is Matt, thank you all so much. It was our dream that this pitch party would bring talent together. That it would help podcasters get focused on their ideas and introduce them to the world. We were live tweeting this whole entire time. Everybody knows about your show now. Thank you all for coming to the VPN pitch party. Anything you wanna say it? Kate?
2: Um, I mean. Thanks to the people who put this whole festival together and for opening it up to the entire country instead of just to the lucky people in Virginia. Uh, and thank you to the three of you for seeing the vision and wanting to give it a try. I appreciate it. You, this man gave me some great suggestions on how to redo my speech, so I will say thank you to you as well.
3: Much appreciate it. Great job.
2: Can you believe it? (laughs) I mean, right? Crazy. Crazy. My takeaway, sometimes throwing your hat in the ring leads to pretty great things. And honestly, even if I hadn't won, I had a wonderful time visiting Richmond. It is a beautiful place full of history. It was a really fun podcasting conference full of just amazing, creative people of all ages. And of course, I had that unexpected visit with Christy, a great friend of mine who started out in radio with me way back 20 years ago, and I hadn't seen her in years, probably not since 2014. So perhaps next time you come across an opportunity and you think to yourself, hmm, that could be interesting, maybe you'll remember this story and you'll throw your hat in the ring. I mean, what could it hurt, right? Right. It might even be wonderful. And until next time, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. You could sponsor this show and reach educated, curious, and compassionate listeners all over the world. Visit thebittersweetlife.net and click support to get the conversation started.